Good morning, everybody. Greetings from the Mutilba household. It's an interesting Sunday in the life of CBC. Uh, being a mobile church, we don't really have a facility to do this from, uh, nor do we really have the technology and the platforms in place to do this super well, but we trust that the Lord will use this and hopefully uh, encourage and comfort all of us, uh, even as we're not able to gather together today. Um, I'm Justin, for those who may be tuning in on Facebook and aren't as familiar with our church. This is Rob sitting here, and then Mackenzie's going to lean in. So we're all going to be moving around a little bit in front of the camera here. Um, we're going to work our way through an informal order of service. We anticipate this will take about 30 minutes or so. And just a few introductory comments um, from me. It's always a hard decision uh, as a pastor when we met as elders the other night to think about whether or not we would have service today. It's always an agonizing thing to think about canceling a Sunday morning service because of how important it is in all of our lives that we gather every Sunday and be pointed to Christ and we receive Christ in the word and in the table and we sing and pray in Jesus' name and encourage one another um, with the fellowship of the saints. And so missing that today, I know is hard for all of us, but we trust the Lord will use even these means that he has given us. As we were thinking about this decision we were trying to consider the most vulnerable among us, and we were also trying to consider how we could best love our neighbor immediately here in our city, but also just uh, speaking more broadly from a societal perspective. And we also considered the recommendations of the government that were rapidly changing, and we trust that that makes sense to you. We don't know how long it will be until we can gather again corporately at the YMCA together for service. And we do plan, however many Sundays we can't meet, we do plan to provide live stream content. And we're going to work on having a more universally accessible platform. So hopefully this time next Sunday, this will be coming out via YouTube or Vimeo or something like that so that you don't have to have Facebook to access it. Uh, we'll try to do audio of these services as well. Uh, it's going to be an open air recording, so the quality will be only but so good. But we're going to try to get those uploaded to the website and the podcast feed as normal. We'll keep everybody informed via email, via the website and the social media platforms. So just look for that. Um, we hope that this informal service will connect us, as I said, and encourage us in some ways. And in all of this, we trust the Lord. So I'm going to open us in a brief word of prayer, and then we will get about the rest of our time. So let's pray together. Father, we do come to you in the name of Jesus, covered in his righteousness and pleading with you on the basis of his merit. We know that you have adopted us in Christ and that we are now called by your name. And we take great comfort in that. We pray that you would be with us even as we can't gather together today physically and assemble. We pray that you would use this medium and this platform of, of a Facebook live video to minister to your saints today. We pray that we would be comforted and strengthened and encouraged. Uh, we pray that you would be drawing near to those who are especially fearful in these days. And we pray that what we do now uh, as we sing and confess and pray and think about who you are and the truth of your word in light of what's going on. Um, we pray that you would do good things in our hearts and in our minds. We pray that you would minister to us and do for us what we could never do for ourselves. Mm. That's just as true today as it is when we assemble together at the Y. And so we ask for you to be with us and minister to us by your spirit in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning, guys. Um, even considering uh, COVID-19 or the coronavirus, um, that too is a result of the fall. And that's not to make little of the effects of the virus, but it's to make an appropriate deal of sin and the pain and the destruction and the corruption that sin causes. 
But in God's wisdom, he can use events like this in a fallen world to expose our hearts in beneficial ways. Um, Even myself, it it causes me to consider death and how fickle we are and just shines light on this false sense of security that I can sometimes have in this life. Um, And then all of that really confirms what we've been learning in Proverbs in that our bend is towards foolishness, not wisdom. And all of that points to the fact that we need a Savior and that God in Christ is our only hope and our only sure source of safety and protection. And so um, to be reminded of that truth, we'll look to the London Baptist Confession of Faith, the 1689 Second Confession, um, chapter 5 on divine providence. And we'll read uh, paragraph 1. God, the creator of all things in his infinite power and wisdom, upholds, directs, arranges, and governs all creatures and things from the greatest to the least by his perfectly wise and holy providence. To the purpose for which they were created, he governs according to his infallible foreknowledge and the free and unchangeable counsel of his own will. His providence leads to the praise of his glory, of his wisdom, power, justice, infinite goodness, and mercy. And so those things are so true. And uh, just to go to scripture, Isaiah 40 um, just mimics that of the awesomeness of God. And so we'll read uh, Isaiah 40. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that her warfare is ended, that her iniquity is pardoned, and that she received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice cries in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up and every mountain and hill be made low. The uneven ground shall become level, and the rough places a plain. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice says, Cry. And I said, What shall I cry? All flesh is grass, and all its beauty is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades, when the breath of the Lord blows on it. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers, the flower fades but the word of our God will stand forever. Mm-hmm. Go on up to a high mountain, O Zion, herald of good news. Lift up your voice with strength, O Jerusalem, herald of good news. Lift it up, fear not. Say to the cities of Judah, behold your God. Behold, the Lord God comes with might and his arm rules for him. Behold, his reward is with him and his recompense before him. He will tend his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms. He will carry them in his bosom, and he gently leads those that are with the young. Who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand and marked the heavens with a span, enclosed the dust of the earth in a measure and weighed the mountains in scales and the hills in a balance? Who has measured the spirit of the Lord? Or what man shows himself, shows him his counsel? Who did he consult and who made him understand? Who taught him the path of justice and who taught him knowledge and showed him the way of understanding? Behold, the nations are like a drop from a bucket and are accounted as the dust of the scales. Behold, he takes up the the coastlands like fine dust. Lebanon would not suffer for fuel, would not suffice for fuel, nor its beasts enough for a burnt offering. 
All the nations are as nothing before him. They are counted by him as less than nothing in emptiness. To whom then will you liken God? Or what likeness compare with him? An idol, a craftsman casts it, and a goldsmith overlays it with gold and casts for it silver chains. He who is too impoverished for an offering chooses wood that will not rot. He seeks out a skillful craftsman to set up an idol that will not move. Do you not know? Do you not hear? Has it not been told you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? It is he who sits above the circle of the earth, and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers, who stretches out the heavens like a curtain, and spreads them like a tent to dwell in, who brings princes to nothing, and makes the rulers of the earth as emptiness." Scarcely are they planted, scarcely sown, scarcely has their stem taken root in the earth. When he, bat, when he blows on them and they wither and the tempest carries them off like stubble. To whom then will you compare me? That I should be like him, says the Holy One. Hmm. Lift up your eyes on high and see who created these. Who, who brings out their host by number, calling them all by name? By the greatness of his might and because he is strong in power, not one is missing. Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel? My way is hidden from the Lord and my right is disregarded by my God. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint and to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youths shall faint and be weary. Even young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Mm-hmm. Praise be to God for his word. And um, let's pray together. Our, our Father in heaven, we are, um, we're grateful that you wake us up to enjoy your, good, your goodness yet another day. And um, we come to you, Father, via a Facebook Live. We thank you for technology. We thank you for all the good things that it brings and that, um, that it causes us to have, like connection with people um, when we can't be together. And so in your providence, we are uh, we're seeking to, to be together um, when we can't be. And we ask, Father, for you to watch over us um, as we miss this gathering together, as uh, we're not able to, to feel one another, to hug one another, um, to, to go to the table and receive Christ, to sit under your word corporately. Um, Father, would you give grace to us? Mm-hmm. Give a lot of grace to us as, uh, as we need it. And more specifically, Father, we do pray. Um, we pray for our world. We mm. pray for this virus. Father, we pray that you would bring it to a stop. Mm-hmm. Um, we pray for those who are sick right now, who um, are they probably look like are treated as outcasts. Mm. Um, God, they didn't ask for this. Mm. And so, Father, we just pray for those that are sick, um, that you would uh, not only bring people to faith, but comfort them. Mm. Um, Father, we pray that you would use these kind of events to draw your people together, uh, not only closer to you, but closer to one another, 
that you would unify the believers, um, even in our city of Asheville, Mm -hmm. um, that we would love our neighbors. Mm -hmm. God, that through a tragic event like a a pandemic, you would uh, be seen as great. Mm. You would be seen as merciful. Mm -hmm. That the evil of the world, like the pandemic, would cause people to um, see that things are not as they should be. And um, that you would draw close to people, that you would bring people to saving knowledge Mm. um, in your son, Jesus. And Father, we don't get to meet and yet the realities are still the same, that we have had terrible weeks. We've had good, good days. We've had bad days. We've, um, we've struggled with sin. Mm. We've done things that we wish we wouldn't do. We've, we've acted out of fits of anger, of fits of lust, of selfishness, of pride, um, of sexual sin. Um, all these things, Father, we have, uh, we've struggled and we've fallen in. And we need Jesus. Mm. We need um, a righteousness that we don't have. And we're thankful that your son lived perfectly and fulfilled the law in our place. Mm -hmm. We're thankful that the death that we deserve, because we too are corrupt, that Jesus, the innocent one, was punished in the place of sinners. Mm -hmm. He was punished in our place. And he rose again, and that too will be our resurrection. And that is our hope in um, in this time, in this time that causes us to consider death, that we will be with you forever. We will be raised from the dead, imperishable, and we will see you with sight, no longer by faith. Mm -hmm. So Father, we ask you to be with us, to give grace to us, to trust Jesus more, and to help us love our neighbor during this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Friends, we're now going to sing a couple of songs together that are appropriate for these times. We'll begin with A Mighty Fortress is Our God, and then we will sing It Is Well. A mighty fortress is our God, a bulwark never fails. Our helper, he amid the flood of mortal ills prevailing. For still our ancient foe does seek to work us woe. His craft and power are great and armed with And he- 
because of the faithfulness of our God and the love and the mercy and the grace that he has shown to us in Christ. My hope for the next few minutes is just to offer a few thoughts, a brief meditation in light of the coronavirus, COVID-19, and everything that's going on in our lives here as individuals, as a community, as a city, and then even more broadly as a society. So in thinking even a little bit more about the decision that we were faced with as pastors to make about the service that we would have or would not have today um, as normal gathering at the Y. We had to think about a number of things. And as we were talking and praying and thinking about it, we were confident that there is a difference, and we still are confident, that there is a big difference between being ruled by fear, being driven and motivated by fear, and then being driven and motivated by love of neighbor, and even what is prudent and wise. When we were thinking about this, we wanted to care for the most vulnerable among us, as we have already stated and as I've already said. But it's important that we would realize that in this time, getting sick, contracting the coronavirus is not the biggest issue for many individuals. For those who maybe are younger and don't have chronic health problems and the like, getting this virus may not be life-threatening. It might not even be all that life-altering, big picture. But what we are trying to do as members of a society and as the members of Covenant Baptist Church is to assist in helping flatten the curve with respect to the spread of this virus. And we understand that to be loving towards our immediate neighbor, towards our city, and towards our society, more broadly speaking. Two men who lived in previous eras spoke very appropriate words with respect to sickness and what this means for the church and what this means for the church as to the weekly gathering and whether or not it should be held. I'm going to quote a couple of these guys now. These, these men, I think, encapsulate much of what we were thinking through as pastors of CBC in recent days. So the first man I'm going to quote is a, a gentleman named Francis Grimke. He was the pastor of 15th Street Presbyterian Church in Washington, D.C., during the Spanish flu pandemic of 1918. He said these words, and just in light of the context, the churches in Washington, D.C. were asked by the government to not meet for a season, and as well as theaters and clubs of various kinds, large gatherings were discouraged, kind of like in our day now. This is what this pastor said in that context 100 years ago. The fact that the churches were places of religious gathering and the others not, the others meaning theaters and the like, 
would not affect in the least the health question involved. If avoiding crowds lessens the danger of being infected, it was wise to take the precaution and not needlessly run in danger and expect God to protect us. Those are good words. And then I also want to quote Martin Luther. In his era, the plague was a thing, and it was spreading uh, during his lifetime, and people were getting sick, people were dying. And Luther had these words to say about the plague and about wisdom under the providence and sovereignty of God. He says, quote, Some are rash and reckless, tempting God and disregarding everything which might counteract death and the plague. They disdain the use of medicines and do not avoid places and persons infected by the plague. This is not trusting God, but tempting him, close quote. So this was some of our thinking as pastors of the church to love our neighbor, to try to mitigate the spread of this virus, and also to exercise wisdom and prudence and common sense underneath the providence and the sovereignty of God. And we trust that this is only going to be a short season in our lives and even in the life of our church where we're not able to gather together on Sunday. So with those comments, just by way of introduction, I have a couple of other thoughts for us. Just acknowledging the reality that these are scary times for many people. And it's at times like these, friends, that it's comforting to remember that our God has not lost control, that his purposes in no way have been thwarted in our lives by COVID-19. And it's important for us to remember that he has revealed in his word that he has determined beforehand the end from the beginning. He has declared from ancient times things not yet done. He has told us that he will account, accomplish all of his purposes, that his counsel shall stand and that nothing will thwart him in what he aims to do. And so it's appropriate for us to consider as the saints of Covenant Baptist Church that God has ordained for us even this day. While the secret things don't belong to us, they belong to the Lord. And while it is not ours to know all of the things that God is accomplishing, we do know that the Lord is ours and that we are his. And we trust him. We know that he is merciful. He is gracious. He is abounding in steadfast love. He is slow to anger. We know that he is near to the brokenhearted. We know that he cares for us. And so we can cast our anxieties and our burdens upon him. And we know that he is the God of all comfort. And so we cling to God. We cling to his promises. We trust in his character. And we call these things to mind in days like these. I'm mindful of the book of Lamentations that was written by the prophet Jeremiah. And Jeremiah is writing from Jerusalem, the holy city, as the Babylonians have conquered the city. Many of the citizens of Jerusalem and of Judah and Judea, more largely speaking, had been exiled to Babylon, but there are still some people living in the holy city. They are in captivity in their own land, and the situation is dire. It is hopeless. It's devastating. Jeremiah writes very poignantly in the book of Lamentations and also in, in the book of Jeremiah, but in Lamentations, he's describing the situation. He's saying that it is so bad that mothers are even reduced to cannibalism, that they're eating their own children. Things are so bad in the holy city of God. He talks about wormwood, bitterness, and gall, and all of these terrible circumstances, and weeping his eyes out. And in the midst of that, he says in chapter 3, beginning in verse 21, But this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. 
Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. So friends, brothers and sisters, it's at times like these that we call to mind together the promises and the faithfulness of God. And most pointedly, we call to mind together the fact that we have been promised that we are all safe, that we are loved, that we are known, and that we are adopted by God in Christ Jesus by faith. In spite of the fact that all of us have broken all of God's commands, that we've never kept any of those commands, and that we still struggle with sin every day, we know because God has told us in his word that the perfect satisfaction, the perfect righteousness, and the perfect holiness of Jesus have been counted to wretches like us by faith. That is the good news of Christ. That is the gospel. And so by faith, apart from anything that we could ever do, apart from any circumstantial reality that's true for us, we know that we have peace with God now and in the future. Sometimes people will comment in seasons like this that this must be some kind of pronouncement of judgment from God upon our nation or upon our world. And it's important that we remember that we live in a fallen world that is cursed. The creation in its entirety is groaning to be liberated from the curse that was brought upon it by sin. And so when we see things like this global pandemic happening, or even as it reaches our land and our cities, we ought not overread what God is doing. We ought not overread statements and proclamations of God's judgment on America. I'm mindful of Jesus's words in Luke 13 when he brings up to a crowd of Jewish listeners. He says, do you remember, are you aware of those Galileans who were slaughtered by Pilate amongst the pagan sacrifices? Do you think that they were any worse off than you? His answer is no. And if you don't repent, you will likewise perish. Or he says, how about the 18 people on whom the tower in Siloam fell and killed them? Do you think that they're any worse than you? No, they were not. They are not. Unless you repent, you will likewise perish. We need to understand that we all are sin-sick wretches in need of the mercy and the grace of God in Christ. And the wonderful thing about God is that he is merciful and gracious, and he has promised us righteousness, holiness, and redemption by faith in his son. It's important that we would call to mind in this season of life that we do belong to Jesus, body and soul, that we are his that he has purchased us with his own blood and that we are in his hands and can never be plucked out. We aren't promised that our circumstances will always be good. We're not promised even like speaking immediately to our circumstances and our context. We're not promised that we won't contract a virus, but we are promised that we have been delivered from all the power of sin, death, and the devil by Christ. We are promised that we will never be put to shame because of Christ. We are promised that nothing, and Paul lists tribulation, he lists distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, sword, pestilence. None of those things will ever separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. We are promised that there will come a day when God will wipe away every tear from our eyes and that suffering and sorrow and pain will be no more. We are promised that we will be with the Lord and that we will be with each other forever in the new heavens and the new earth. Those are things that we call to mind together, even this morning, as we face a global pandemic and as fear is the order of the day for many. We trust that these are exceptional times under the providence of God. The absence of the weekly corporate gathering is a big deal for all of us. We don't get to see one another. We don't get to experience 
the fellowship of the saints. We don't sit under the word. We don't get to come to the table together. We don't get to sing and pray together. The Lord uses those things in our lives on a weekly basis, and it's normal that we would miss those things. But we trust that as we are removed from the ordinary means, that God will give extraordinary grace in this season. He is faithful to do that in times like these. Charles Spurgeon said this in his day, banished from the public means of grace, we are not removed from the grace behind the means of grace. God himself in Jesus Christ is the sanctuary of mercy. Amen. So use this time, brothers and sisters, use this time, friends, to reflect upon your life. Let's use this to reflect upon our lives and reflect upon the church and its place in our lives. Use this time where we will not be meeting together as regularly to consider and pray for one another. Consider and pray for your neighbor and offer whatever help you can. Let's aim to be all kinds of good for our neighbors and our brothers and sisters. And also use this time to rest. We all have a lot going on in life and sometimes society does slow down. Sometimes certain demands are removed. And so use this time to rest as an individual and with your families and trust the Lord in it all. There will come a day when we will look back and we will see that God has been faithful to us every moment. And so now, may God strengthen us all with power through his spirit that we in our inner being might be able to comprehend with all the saints the breadth and length and height and depth of the love of Christ. That we may know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge and that Christ may dwell richly in our hearts through faith. Let's pray. Father, we do come to you now in desperate need of your grace in many ways. We do pray for your protection on us as a congregation. We pray for your protection on our city and even on our land and on our world. We pray that you would mitigate the spread of this virus, that you would deliver people from sickness and death, that you would be merciful and kind in those ways. We pray that you would comfort us and draw near to us and deliver us from fear and anxiety. Help us to cast our burdens upon you and remind us of how much you love us. Remind us that you care. Remind us of your watchful and good providence over our lives. We pray that we would love one another, that we would be helpful to each other in every good way during this time. And we do pray that you would give us extraordinary grace and sustain our faith in Jesus and do us spiritual good as we are apart from one another. And we do pray that we would be able to gather together again soon for corporate worship. We pray for all these things. We thank you, most of all, for your son Jesus, his work in our place, and the promises of certain redemption that we have. We look forward to that day when we will live forever together with you and there will be no more fear, no more anxiety, no more sickness, no more death, and no more pain. We pray that you would bring that day and that you would sustain us all uh, through faith in your son. And we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Friends, just a few parting shots from me. Do aim to care for one another during this time. Be in regular contact with each other. We all have cell phones. We have social media. Let's use those things well. Please do reach out to the pastors and the staff of CBC if there are ways that we can serve you and be helpful to you in this season. You should have all of our contact info, but that's myself, Justin Perdue, Ron Diaz, Mackenzie Dinkins, and then even admin at cubbap.org. Don't hesitate to reach out to us if we can be helpful or even just help in coordinating um, relief and practical aid for you. We would happily do that. And then look for more correspondence from the leadership of the church regarding plans for next Sunday and subsequent Sundays. 
As of now, we're operating essentially on a week-by-week -week basis. We are not meeting again corporately in an indefinite way, and we will certainly try to get word out through every way, every medium that we can as far as when we will resume regular worship activity. So look for an email, look for correspondence, check the social media and website, and you'll know what's going on next Sunday. We love you. We hope that this has been of some encouragement to you. Grace and peace. Trust Christ. Love one another.